Well, ball boys and girls, club football is back. And oh boy, are we pissed. This week, Canada gets concacaf FIFA tells us where we won't be able to afford tickets. And Edmonton finally won a game. So buckle up and get ready for your source, All Things Canadian. Welcome to the UFC 13 podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Andre. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Paul and Michael, who's returned from the dead. Hello. <laughs> I regret He's done a Rangers FC. <laughs> he is back. He is back. How was your time off, Michael? Tell us all about it. It was good. We went to a little place just off of a Golden Lake in Ontario. Had a whole lake to ourselves. Did some fishing. We caught pretty much nothing but you know it was a it was a beautiful experience and i'd love to go back and it was a good bachelor party that's that's how it's supposed to be you're supposed to go there say you're going to catch all your food and that's how you're going to eat catch absolutely nothing and then go to the store to pick up a pack of sausages that's pretty that's much say. yeah that's why we lived off hot dogs for three days <laughs> that's the true that's the true marquee of canadian outbacks Hot dogs and more beer than you probably should have consumed. <laughs> but kind of jumping into things, we'll kind of we'll kind of get into our our Canada theme then in that regard, and it's going to be first game of the day, Canada's under twenties versus Cuba. What I was I was waiting that one. I was going to I was waiting to see how Andre was going to link that one. There, I was waiting patiently. All right, how's he going to do this? We're going to make him work for his money here. <laughs> <laughs> some some weeks it's easier than others. I don't know if anybody does know this, but if you've ever worked in podcasting, it's a very basic setup. I'm really bullshitting when I try to do from one segue to another, so that one wasn't my greatest, but we'll work on it. Yeah. So the CONCACAF Under-20 um, Championships, it's kind of like, it's not just a tournament in itself, it's also a qualification tournament. So if you do well enough in this, you'll earn qualification for the 2024 Olympics and the Under-20 World Cup in Indonesia, I think, next year. So there's a lot of light. There's a lot on the line for Canada here. You want to be playing on the biggest stages that you possibly you want to, uh, you possibly can be at this, but you're going to be playing against your peers. And uh, not a good start. <laughs> not, not, not a good start here. Yeah, no, the first time on this podcast where we're going to cover some Canada games. And um doesn't not exactly go in our favor. Um, Cuba pulled the upsets, and Canada didn't look great. I mean, they had possession. They had their chances, but honestly, we're lucky to come out with only letting one goal in. Yeah, it's like it could be easy to get lost in the narrative of this game, given like what happened in the last twenty minutes. But this wasn't as if like Cuba stole the win. They were like playing just as well as Canada, maybe even better. They had, I thought they like had most of the ball and like had a lot of good chances in that first half. And like obviously, like you know, we're going to get to the what happened about twenty minutes to go, which kind of changed things up but before then like you can't begrudge Cuba the win it's not at all they Cuba played fantastic and they're not traditionally a powerhouse in this foray like it's not it's not a sport that's huge there but they they put Canada to the ringers I know Canada had the lion's share of the possession but it was it was shaky at best and I didn't look up the final stats but I don't even know if they even ended up getting a shot on goal like every time they got in the box it looked like Canada just panicked and just tried to put their foot through the ball no matter where it was even if it wasn't pointing at goal Cuba just showed them what's what and I, I really worry for 
the under 20s for the rest of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, for anyone who missed it, about a five minute spell, Cuba made their last substitutions, then had two glorious chances to score. And then by the end of the five minutes, their goalkeeper gets himself a second yellow card. So there they are. They're um, down to 10 men. Can't bring a goalkeeper on. Naturally, you put the smallest man on the pitch in goal. And naturally, you think Canada are going to go on and get some shots on goal, put them under some real pressure, maybe get some rebounds or some like butterfingers from the keeper or some crosses. Um, yeah, no, this was uh, this just turned into the soccer equivalent of that time as Amboni driver went up against the Leafs. It's... Oh, this is gonna be shots on me all day, aren't they? Fuck yeah. sake. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cuba definitely came out maybe a little bit lucky at the end. And Andre, I just double checked for you, Canada did have two shots on goal. Ooh. Um, really just racking yeah, those I mean, numbers up, baby. One for honestly, every goalkeeper, yeah. <laughs> honestly, to me, though, the Cubans keeper, forgive me for not knowing his name. I felt his first yellow could have actually been a red, which would have given Canada mm-hmm. more time with a, a a different player in goal. But well, the difference there is they still would have had subs at that point, so they could have brought an actual goalkeeper on. <laughs> actually, yeah, you know what? You're right. So never mind. Canada, they didn't deserve to win. They they looked good on the ball until you got around the box. They just couldn't find real opportunities, and it's almost like they were uncomfortable around the box. I think that could be unfamiliarity with the, the strikers but the team itself looked decent they play uh we're recording this on monday and they play the usa tonight they need this win thankfully the top three teams do go through to the next round so i mean even if they lose to the u.s good chances are they will beat st Kitts. yeah but it's mm-hmm. it's gonna look rough on canada going forward but in even tournaments. Even looking good on St. Kitts, that's the same thing we said on Cuba. Traditionally, this isn't a match that we lose. And and against the United States, I know our development has been a lot better, but it's it's still lacking compared to the United States because they just they just have the population and the money to do better development. And our under twenties, like we 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 don't have that sort of depth. So we've been pilfering them from the under twenties and making them play in the in the full senior squad. So I'm kind of worried about how tonight's going to go. I really hope they do pull something around. Even a draw would be better than nothing. But, uh, you know, if that coach hasn't taken them back and figured out exactly what their problem was, you're right. They look scared to shoot inside the box. And honestly, that's something we just we just can't have happen again or we're really in big trouble. But speaking of big yeah. trouble... The thing about Canada is you always try to walk it in. <laughs> you've ruined my segue, you monster. Speaking of trouble... <laughs> Ottawa versus Edmonton. Oh boy, Edmonton yes! has won. Edmonton itself has finally succeeded in winning a game. Round of applause for Edmonton. I'm gonna stand up. I know it says um sorry about the yeah, bag, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm standing sta- up. Standing ovation for, for Edmonton. One nil. Edmonton dominated the shots on target, but to be entirely honest, they did escape by the skin of their teeth. Because, I mean, Ottawa had 12 corners that game, and that's that's a scary number to not be able to kind of capulate on that and create a goal. But what what a, what a fun game, at least for me. <laughs> um, you guys ready for my rant? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, put jazz music beside this. <laughs> so, 
starting off, I'm not taking anything away from Hamilton. This win is becoming this win's been coming to them for at least four games now. They've played well. They've really come together as a team. But for fuck's sake, God, what fucking embarrassing. And I know people are going to be like, relax. It's one game or relax. Don't be so salty. I'm sorry. The managing in that game from Ottawa was the worst all year. If you take away from that Valor game, this is Ottawa's worst game. And I think what happened was we expected a win and didn't put the work into it. And I it, I think that goes through the whole pitch. Uh, just the goal that Edmonton got, what the fuck were the two defenders doing? Uh, you, you could go... I have no problem with Tabla starting this game on the bench. But what the fuck are you doing taking Sean right off at the same time and Tabla not being one to replace them? That's taking away all attacking. And the other guy, Morgarega, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name because nor do I care. I do not like him in Ottawa. I don't think he's had really a good game this season. And then you just keep on going with Drew Becky, again, serving another suspension. So our centre-back, again, was Sissoko, who's not a regular centre-back. We still don't have McDonald back into the lineup. We have this guy named Perez, who's only here for the month. He's gone after next week, I believe. He was only on a one-month loan. Like, I think Canada need, uh, Canada, sorry. We need, Ottawa needs another centre-back, because we keep finding ourselves down centre-backs, and it's hurting us. Yes, I know Ottawa's played a good season. We've only lost two games, or now three games this season. But games like this, like, they need to bounce back, and our next game is in Halifax, probably the hardest stadium to win points in. And by the way, we were supposed to talk about Halifax on here, but these two thought we had to talk about Edmonton getting their first win. So this is... (laughs) Okay, we have have to talk about them getting their win, because this is... I understand Ottawa was having a bad time. There was a lot of tactical errors. It didn't make a lot of sense, but... At the end of the day, no one has harder, you know, times or, or hardships than Edmonton. They, they, you're talking about a player who's gone at the end of, you know, they don't even know if their players are going to be, any other players are going to be around because it's basically a crapshoot for them. So it was a bound to happen eventually. They were going to capture this win. It does suck when it is obviously the team you support. But I think the biggest takeaway is going to be is that they're, they're actually able to, you know, finally start putting something together. They're finally able to start trying to to con- like stop conceding and get something out of the game. Because for how long have they just been looking barely able to to secure a draw? So I I don't I don't know how well they're gonna do the rest of the season. Let's see if they can manage to get one other win. But at least they have the one for now. I don't know if I've just been too much on the Edmonton train, but like. Yeah, like this, like I said, this has been coming for a while, and a lot of their games have been losing. It's been by the odd goal now, and like I keep saying, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. But they didn't do that against Ottawa, and if they can keep that up, honestly, like I, like I, obviously playoffs, no chance. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to take like a couple more wins throughout the season. Like the next time they get a win, we're not going to be like so shocked about it. Put it that way, it's going to feel more just like a normal win. Also, shout out to that bouncy castle. That's why I want to watch football going forward. I, I would also just point out that they're only three points back from Valor now. And I also want to point out Edmonton's crowd. I think that was probably the best crowd all season. Bouncy castles. Yeah, I was just about to repeat that. You know what? I think they know what the problem is now. Bouncy castles equal fans. That's that's just how it is. The universal rule about football just equals fans maybe maybe team canada the senior team can do that to solve their 
their woes about their home crowd showing up. Because, I mean, we're going to need it after the absolute ungodly shit show that was Canada versus Honduras in the Nations League. Pardon my choice of words here. And I know Canada versus Honduras has always been contentious. But what the fuck? Seriously. Remember, la- remember last week, Andre, you were saying that I displeased the gods by saying what we did with Michael and it was going to come back and punish us? Oh. I, I, I'm starting to think that's what happened. I'd like to apologize for jinxing that game by um, admitting what we did with Michael to get them playing in the first place. Why didn't they strike for this game? I feel they blew their load on the striking for Panama. They should have saved that strike for this game. Take one look at that rain and goes, boys, contract disputes. Just, they really should have. I mean, you could have been like, well, it affects their standings. I don't know how you didn't look at that pitch and be like, well, I need my water wings. Maybe we should just take the loss anyways and say, screw it. If you haven't watched the game, go and find it. Go watch the game. Go watch the highlights. They basically played water polo that whole game it was it was insane conditions it was a grass pitch so ironically this is where turf would have been something of convenience but no they played on a grass pitch so that water was just taking its toll yeah and it was um it was hard to watch especially when you see a ball being kicked as hard as it does to stop just a couple feet in front of it but honestly i I see people also uh, blaming the refs for this. I, you can't blame the refs for this loss. I, at the end of the day, there was there was fuck ups on Canada's end. Um, you look at the first goal, uh, Richie Loreo lost his man in the box, and you look on the second goal, uh, Kamal Miller slipped outside the box because of the terrible pitch. Now, and again, I'm going to say the pitch was terrible. I I don't like using it as an excuse though because people are saying this game should have never been played. It should have been canceled. It should have been postponed. And I don't believe that because we had Honduras come to Edmonton in the middle of the winter, and they had to go to the U- Minnesota in the uh, during all uh, World Cup qualifiers in the middle of the winter. And I think once you step up to this field and say we can't play in this, this gives Honduras in future winter games in Canada or the U.S. It gives them a leg to stand on, saying we're not playing in that. Uh, you guys have to remember that in uh, Honduras versus America in Minnesota, three Honduran players had to leave that game from frostbite, and that's just. It's shitty, but you know what? Home field advantage, right? It comes down to the home field advantage and how important it could be. And I also want to say just one more thing here. For the next person to say Nation Leagues is a waste of time. And again, I understand this game. You can't look too deep into the game. This does prove that we are still in the mix of CONCACAF. And we're not exactly the we're not exactly on top of the world, you know. Going into the World Cup is gonna be a challenge for us. And I understand in Honduras that the field was shit, but you have to look at that game and be like, they still found an answer because they were still playing on the exact same field. I'm obviously I'm European, so this might be like more UEFA centric, like regarding these pitches. But like, well, you're saying about the home advantages, about like the co- extreme cold and the extreme rain. At some point, shouldn't Concacaf or FIFA have some responsibility to protect the players by stopping this? Like, how long do we let this slide until we, like, see, like, a Honduran player, for example, literally have to go to the hospital after a game, or we see someone break their leg on a slidey pitch where, like, they would have support? Like, how far do we take this home advantage 100%. before FIFA or CONCACAF have to put player safety first? 100%. The problem is, is the contradiction from Canadian fans are hilarious. 
Yes and no, though. Because the cold is one thing, and you can wear other layers, but when the ball is legitimately stopping and, and seriously impeding play, it, it's it's now to the point, because again, we saw it so many times on several different spots. It was very distinct spots that the flooding was happening so much, the ball was coming to a grinding halt. I mean, I don't think that... I hate the winner with every fiber of my being. So being in Edmonton for that game against Mexico, I wanted to die. But... At the end of the day, the game is still playable. It's just, it safety is one thing, and I it's not the ref's fault we lost, but the ref was corrupt as shit. We had nine cards and two red cards. I don't know if you know, we had a secondary yes, red yeah. three minutes the after the game ended. The was ref, that, that was given to Raheem Edwards. So the point is, is that they had literally gone to discuss the problems with the ref. And instead of doing anything against uh, obvious diving, which again, it's clear and obvious he's standing right there doing anything on the Honduran players becoming aggressive. They had one yellow. We had nine cards and two reds. So it's he shoved the keep. He shoved Milan Borian. Like when Milan came up, he instead of just saying "keep your hands off of me," he legitimately shoved him. I do agree that ref needs to be investigated because that it was the Borian incident, and I think it was the Jonathan David incident where he got very aggressive with them. And Jonathan David just came onto the pitch. Like, what the fuck was going on he, there? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is so. I know the ref doesn't affect. He can't just call the game off. That's entirely beyond his control. There's other things in that regard. But yeah, there was just some super sketchy shit. And if it wasn't against Honduras, I'd say, ah, it was a rarity. But it's against Honduras. We already know we have problems with those players. It was it was a big issue. And honestly, we can't see it happening. But thankfully, moving on, we know someone who will stop the game. And that was in League One Ontario. This isn't the most fun news to bring up. But I'm excited to see how well it's being handled. Peterborough, so Electric City FC, had an incident where some of the fans were shouting racist, uh, sort of vitriolic stuff at the players, and the ref had stopped, called the game, had stopped the game, and it's been now condemned by team and league. This is it's a weird one to talk about, like the way that we're pra- we got to praise Electric City at the same time with, like I said, like some abhorrent racist shit being said. But um, they are handling this as well as you possibly can. They've put out plenty of statements. They've been, plenty, they've been very transparent about what they intend to do. They've, they've suspended their main supporters group. And at the same time, their main supporters group have put out a statement as well, complying with this. They're, they're against this as much as the team are. For their game of the weekend just there, there was a very strong message against this. Like everybody who went to the game, I believe, got the chance to get a T-shirt, like expressing they're against, race, they're against racism. It's... It is a shame what happened. Like, nobody, no one's happy about this, you know? The weirdest thing for me is just, like, a, a, a League One Ontario women's game? You're going to go to jail for this? It's, it's fucking insane. I mean, I guess we could... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, saying this is a good thing, but I guess we could look at the passion that the league's creating for you to get that angry. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, racism is, a, is literally corresponding with anger, I feel. And for you to do that at a League One Ontario women's game where there's maybe a hundred people in the fucking crowd. Like, what is wrong with you? And honestly, as well as people in the crowd who just sat there and heard it. I mean, maybe they were the only ones in the crowd. I don't know. But it is mental to me that that has happened at this level. It is. God forbid if they ever goes to a Canada national game. 
uh, I well, yeah, and it's it's about stamping out the problem. Like, you know, kudos to a referee who sees a situation like this and says, you know, this is no good. I can hear it. I mean, they all can. You can hear them crystal clear. And says, you know what? Enough's enough. That's it. We're done. We'll figure this out later. This is not acceptable in today's age, in this game, in any walk of life. So, full commend to that ref for taking that so seriously to just end the game right there. And yeah, we'll... Paul, you were saying, CONCACAF needs to take notes on that. Because CONCACAF, I mean, we've seen it before, especially uh, with Mexico in the last Gold Cup. The amount of stuff those fans got away with was honestly disgusting. I've seen it with UEFA as well. There was a game, I believe, oh, involving Rangers, not last season, but the season beforehand, where one of the players got racially abused in a Europa League game. And like, it very much came across to me as if this the player, the team that the player was on got a slap on the wrist and just kind of like denied it and acted as if everything was fine. It was like fucking disgusting. Oh, it is. Um, but yeah, hands off to the ref. You got to protect the players, protect the league, and they did the right thing. Everyone there did did absolutely amazing, and I, I commend them all for doing the right thing, taking the right steps, and, and holding them accountable. It's one thing to be angry and, and yell at, I am the king of yelling, like, abhorrent shit at players, but never anything. You don't do racist, you don't do homophobic, you don't do transphobic. That's out of the There's question. lines you don't cross. Yeah. You know, you just tell them that you hope that their fries are soggy for the rest of their life. Yeah. You know, that that kind of stuff. <laughs> Their drink comes watered down. But moving on to at least a bit more positive news and some great, exciting stuff that's going on. We have some transfer news. Michael, you want to regale us in some transfer information? Yeah, so um, I still don't know how to pronounce his first name. Uh, Didian Abbasi? Is that how you pronounce it? Didian? Either way, um, CPL veteran, playing three years, four years now in the league, is off his way to Ligue 2 in France. Going to Pau, P-A-U, Pau. <laughs> that, There's a reason why I sort of play. pushed it off, and I'm not. I'm not gonna give it a shot. I'm, I'm letting you take the reins on this That's one. That's okay. I, I, you, I will take that. Um, yeah, no, he's on his way to France, and awesome, awesome for him, awesome for the league. Unfortunate for York. Um, they have a lot of problems going on in that team right now. They basically paid a whole season with no Petrasso, no Oliver, no Thompson, no Wallace, no Garcia, no Richie. And even one of their off-season moves, who signed two years in um, Obker, the Norwegian guy. He played one game, and then he decided to go back to Europe. Said, "Screw my two-year deal. I'm out of here." And now they're losing. Obviously, uh, great for the team, great for the league. And honestly, I'm very excited for him. This is a great way to have bigger eyes on you, and it's a great way to get on uh, John Herdman's radar, especially if you look at someone like um, Brim, who just got called up to the Canadian roster. He plays second division in the Netherlands. You gotta think a second division spot in France could get your name on that roster. It's funny. I thought you were gonna end that little uh, bit, no such and such, with like no hope at the end. But you're building up <laughs> oh, to that. Should have. <laughs> hey, you're, so, you're the pro writer here. So when it comes to Abse, Abse started his career with the P- in the PLSQ with Blainville, I believe, before then joining York. And you know, this is exactly why we have a pyramid in Canada. Ten years ago. Abzi's not like Abzi's probably not in this situation, you know. Like he's got to do like God knows what to like get to this point to have a career. He made seventy four appearances for York since signing for them, scoring seven times, eight assists. But my God, this is like I'm new to Kansas. This is the first time I've really been able to watch a CPL, and he's just been like one of my favorite players to watch. He goes up and down that wing nonstop. 
every time he's on the ball, I think something exciting is going to happen. There's going to be a cross. He's going to beat someone. He's going to set someone up. Defending. York are like York are really, really solid defensively. Like they're not won in a long time. But look at the amount of goals they've conceded. Barely any. There's a lot of nil-nil draws in there. And that's what happens when you have a good defence. If he's a liability in defence, that doesn't happen. The figures involved, I believe, are $30,000 for Absey, which it may not sound like much, but there's a 25% um, future transfer fee, fee on that. So if Absey goes for like whatever, 25% of that money goes to York. I think that's where you're going to see some big bucks, to be honest. Uh, oh, yeah, it would be for sure. It's definitely a lead to go into because, again, it's it's exposure to everyone else. It's considered mm-hmm. a kind of a picking league. That move up is fantastic for everyone in the CPL. When people do those moves, if he does well, and we hope and hope he hope he does well, everyone in the CPL, their legitimacy is going to skyrocket because they're going to go, look at what success I got out of this. People are going to kind of look at it and go, you know what? They got him for a steal, and they're going to see what else they can get in that league. It, it hopefully doesn't mean we're going to be picked dry, but it makes our league attractive to people for our, for a first step to really kind of get your playtime in before you know you might move on to something European. Hundred uh, percent. And you also have rumors coming out with Latore from Calvary and Akil from Valor possibly going all the way to Scotland as well. And where's that? Where's Scotland? I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's Britain or something something like that. Oh, the Virgin <laughs> Islands here. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is great and it's awesome news for the league, and it just shows how much attention that the league is getting now, and it shows potential money coming to the league, and it, honestly, I think this could be great interest. Like if you if you're not familiar with the CPL or even if you are, be like ah whatever, like these guys are shit compared to what I watch. If you see these players going over there, you'll be like, oh, shit, this league's probably better than what I thought it was. So then maybe they start tuning in, honestly. Um, I also want to give York a hell of a, my hats off to, a tip to, for their send away for Absey. Absey does have one more game to play, uh, which will be the Canadian Championship semifinals in Vancouver. But he just played his last home game, and the fans were there for him. Um, and... They, they just did such a good job of real, the players supporting him. They did a he did a autograph signing for the players at the end of the game. Um, yeah, just a lot of respect for York in that in, in that sense. And honestly, I really hope Absey uh, strives over in France. It's, we'll it's keep a an class eye on act. Him. It's really a big class act, and, and it's great to see him send off. And you're right, it's gonna it's gonna provide so much for this league, and it's gonna see money coming in. And and money talks when it comes to Western leagues. Because once the money starts talking, more people are interested. Speaking of money, a huge, huge boost towards MLS and a massive shakeout that I never saw coming in any regard. As it stands now, going forwards for the 2023 season, I could be wrong on a few details here, but 2023 season, it's going to be Apple is the main broadcaster, the exclusive broadcaster for all MLS matches. Now, that knocks out the likes of Fox, that which is effectively Disney. That knocks out TSN, and that is owned by Bell Media, and that's a huge conglomerate. So, huge money that's coming in from these broadcasting rights. Apple has forked out cash hand over fist for this. I am aware what I'm going to say may be a big swig and a miss here, but like I genuinely think 
this could be game changing for how soccer is viewed. Like, if this goes well, I think you're going to see a lot more deals like this where streaming services coming in and getting exclusive rights. And this is very, look, there's like a lot of people think this is a bit of a bad thing, think it's a good thing. I personally think it's a good thing. If you're a season ticket holder, you get this for free. This is of no extra charge to you. And there's no more blackouts. And you get to watch the games all at once. Like a big part of the football culture where I'm from is, unless it's on TV, you know it's a, you know it's a Saturday and you know it's 3 p.m. With the MLS, I'm constantly having to like check when games are. Like I don't know from week to week when Vancouver are playing or Montreal. But they're all going to be aired. They're all going to be streamed. They're all going to be available. So there's no reason why it can't be at a set time. And you can build that sort of fan culture as well of getting around at three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, it's it's honestly, I think it's it's really good for the MLS, especially the the whole blackout thing. That is massive, I find. Um, and agree, I again agree with Paul with the the set time is great. Uh, something to put in there as well is stuff like ESPN and Fox are still trying to work a deal with the MLS to get uh, the game of the week type scenarios. Uh, none of that is confirmed yet, so it might happen, it may not. Uh, and a lot of people are complaining about this, though, because they do feel like it takes away... Oh, sorry. It, they do feel like it takes away um, from local TVs, right? Because they're not allowed having a local uh, deal going. So they say they're taking away from the casual fan. And I do agree with that in a sense, but I do believe it's the hardcore fans you want to cater to. Casual fans aren't necessarily the ones, like the numbers you want to look at, I feel. So at the end of the day, I agree with it because everything's going streaming anyways, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to soccer. The unfortunate thing is it's another app you have to buy. Yeah, and that's, your Paul's right. Like the nice thing is, is if you're a season ticket holder, you're good. But if you're not, and season tickets aren't cheap. Like if they were, if they were pennies on the dollar, no problem. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. But when they can start ranging up in the five, six hundred dollars minimum, which you know, even in Europe, some people would consider ludicrous when your team has been constantly bottom. You're now looking at how do I afford to go to games, which were already probably stressful and hard for some. But how do I even go to my local bar and watch them anymore? Because they're not going to buy this. They either don't have the technology available within that establishment don't have the money to invest in it or don't have the amount of money to buy the the commercial licensing you know once once sportsnet in canada lost the rights for the premier league like they that should have been a shake-up that should have been a wake-up call that guys you got to do something different because you're going to get blockbusters here soon and someone's going to come in and take this away from you and all of your money which comes from the commercial side of things is going to go right down the drain some of these businesses that are sports bar related are losing every facet of their entire concept of a business because they're going to have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for a single streaming service to play a sport that hopefully people will come because you don't know. You don't know if these bars are going to have that ability to show the game. So you could pack up, go there, find out they don't have it and be like, well, I've wasted my time. Do I have to now call every sports bar in town just to find out if someone even has this service? Yeah, I wanted to make a quick point before going on to the other thing. Um, you're effectively doubling the value of the season ticket, though, because the season ticket would buy you your home games, and now you're also getting all the away games included as well in terms of like the money you'd have to spend if that's included. Um, and speaking of money, from what I understand, this deal is worth two hundred and fifty million US a year, roughly working out if my maths is right. Um, eight point six million per club, 
as it stands, we know the MLS loves to expand. So, like, at right now, you're looking at 8.6. I don't know, it could be 7 million you're looking at per club about five years, the way they're going. The previous deal for the Canadian clubs was, again, I, in case my source might not be right here, but I believe it is, 15 million you're looking at per season for the free teams, split freeways. And this will be in USD, like I said. So like, there's a lot more money here. There should be a lot more spending power in the MLS. And hopefully we can see that they'll relax up in some of their transfer regulations. And we can see more big names come into the league. That would be huge if we could see that. But I mean, $15 million isn't as, as much money. Because just as we know, that's going to be about the average ticket price for a FIFA 2026 World Cup game. Uh, they just announced that, guys. What do we think of that announcement? You ever get it when like a banjo? Well, you guys live relatively close to Toronto compared to me, but you ever get it when like a banjo like says they're doing a North American tour? You get all excited, and then it turns out they're basically just going to Toronto and maybe Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that, that's, that's what this was. This was a, this was a, the North American band tour equivalent of a World Cup. But <laughs> I, a lot of people are complaining about this. What? Why else could you have done? I agree. Olympic Stadium's a dump. So you can't I, go to Montreal. Regina, Regina and Winnipeg have great stadiums, but they're too small and it's not feasible to expand those. And Edmonton, which I have a lot of respect for them for doing it, the government were like, all right, we'll invest in this. But they said to FIFA, we are demanding five games and that's to include two knockout games. So then FIFA did what FIFA do and tell them no. So then you're left with two stadiums. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think there's much more they could have done. I was a little bit surprised at first when they said, when there was the rumors coming around that it was only going to be Toronto, Vancouver. I really thought at least Edmonton. I was hoping Montreal just because how close I am to Montreal. But I, I knew it wasn't realistic because I think the city pulled out of it anyways. Um, but yeah, I was really thinking at least Edmonton would as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you're right. There's not much Canada could do. And you, when you compare us to... Uh, America and Mexico, what the stadiums, the facilities they have, the real grass they have compared to Canada. Like I think Vancouver said they're putting in fate of real grass for the tournament, but mm -hmm. that's that's you can't ask all the stadiums to do that because that's money, and obviously you'll make that money back through the World Cup. I'm not stupid, but we're we're still a developing country when it comes to soccer, and it's just great to have the games we're getting. In all yeah. honesty, and I don't think we can get too greedy. In all honesty, maybe <laughs> maybe we were you don't next, think so, but I maybe. think we should get greedy. Yeah, but I mean, maybe if we were just playing it with the U.S. and not Mexico, then we would may have got Montreal, may have had Edmonton, may have Regina. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and I'm just happy that we'll get some. And also, Canadian fans who want to go to World Cup games, there is a lot on the border with the U.S. There is options outside yeah. of Canada that may not be too expensive, like flying to Mexico. They did they did try to spread it out at least a fair bit. I will give them that. But their whole press conference, whatever the hell you wanted to call it, really showed where their priorities stood. Like, it was the most cringeworthy, awful... Like, I at some point had to actually turn it off. Once I heard the last Canadian city, I was like, I can't watch this anymore. You know, you got a lady sitting up there interviewing some singer... Who has nothing to do with any of it, and they're just their absolute hard on for Miami. It just yeah, and then hearing the words out of her mouth when San Francisco gets announced. Oh, good selfies. What what does that have to do with anything? Like 
you're literally the icon of of sporting integrity and you're bringing on people who have nothing to do with it nothing to do with the merit you just you're literally in this for the cash we know it you've been caught being corrupt for so long you didn't want to try to put a face on like we picked them because they have a good feel that's great for the atmosphere it's like you can take good selfies there and pay more money to us you suckers you know you're gonna go and pay for it you know you're gonna watch it don't lie you hate us <laughs> yeah fifa and corruption go together hand in hand don't they that's why like like i said i'm really i'm a lot of people are like really annoyed at what the Alberta government did, and you know I'm, I'm not their biggest fan, but um, I really respect them for doing this. We've seen the World Cups and the World Cup cities get financially destroyed because FIFA take a lot off the top. You think it's a great idea? You think it's a great incentive to host the World Cup money-wise? Oh no 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 no! FIFA are going to come in there with their big trucks and plow all the cash out of you. You need to have like a good amount of games to really make money. Look at look at the Brazil World Cup a couple of years ago. Like they rioted and complained their whole way throughout that just to lose seven one in the semi final. Yeah, it's not always a good idea. I just want to add one more thing though. One more thing. Um, at least this will be the first World Cup in the last three that's not in a whacked out country that people aren't going to argue over. Uh, that's my age poorly knowing the U.S. Yeah, I I. <laughs> That's going to be, that's going to be sound clipped. And that's going to be sound clipped hard. I that's mean, it is... I'm sure we won't have any people dying building stadiums for it though. So don't worry. Again, oh, let's know. <laughs> yeah, let's not go that far still. We still, we still got four years. I'm sure, I'm sure America will find a way Could to make me, that baby. change. Could me. <laughs> the only blessing is, yeah, you're right. A lot of the stadium, the infrastructure is there, but there is going to have to be a lot of work because again, the grass requirement on those fields you have a multi-billion dollar stadium in Atlanta that was not installed with a grass field. So they're going to have to do even more renovations and more stuff like this. And I I personally think that alone, in and of itself, is going to price people out of possibly being able to go, even though it's right in their own backyard. Because the amount of money that's going to have to go into it, the ticket prices are going to be already hard to sometimes swallow, are going to be through the absolute roof. So... We'll see how it goes. We'll see how they do it when they do more announcements. You'll be the second to hear it here, guys, ladies and gentlemen, whenever we announce it about seven days after it's already come out. So just make sure to kind of keep your eyes on it so you can hear us piss and moan the whole time. Well, sorry, hear me piss and moan the whole time, and, and we'll we'll see how the rest of it goes. But on pissing and moaning, it is time for the game everyone loves to hate. It is penalty quiz out. Um... Yeah, so here we go. Do the quiz out. It is my turn to host, and we are going to be doing Calvary versus Valor. That ended in a 4-2 thriller. Don't worry, that's not one of the questions. So, how the game works, I asked these lovely gentlemen some questions. I start with question one, which is worth one point. Question two is worth two, and so on and so forth, all the way up to five. And here are the five questions I'll be asking the lads tonight. Number one. What? There is an ad at the center of the field. Um, when the game kicks off, right on the center line, what ad is it? You got Macaroon to the left and Valor on the right. What is the ad in the middle? What color is the corner flags? On the benches, there is little boxes to keep the coaches inside it and to separate the benches from the field and from each other. How many dash marks make up those boxes? What the 
fuck? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I do. Okay. I feel like Paul knows this. <laughs> After the first goal of the game, the the TV went to a, a gentleman wearing a band t-shirt. What band was on that shirt? And the last question. In the 93rd minute, Matt Debra- De Bruyne scored his first ever professional goal. But he has goal scorers in his family. What is his cousin's name who plays in the NHL? There's a five, ladies and gentlemen. What was that last one, you monster? Matei DeBrine, who scored. He has oh. a cousin who plays in the NHL. Who is it? Oh. This game is going to devolve into <laughs> nothing to do with football very quickly. I well, am Canadian, and I like to bring in hockey as much as I can, baby. I also have a bonus question ready, and let's hope we don't have to get there. Well, on that note, we'll go for a break while me and Paul scream endlessly into the depths of Hades, and uh, we will be back. If you enjoy listening to the FC13 Podcast, why not head over to our Twitter at FC13 Podcast. It's FC number 13 Podcast. And tell us what you think. And while you're at it, hit subscribe so you never miss some of that sweet, sweet Canadian action. With that being said, now back to the show. All right, welcome back, and this is the penalty quiz out. And who would like to... Actually, we're going to flip a coin here. Uh, I had my coin. Don't know where it is now. Uh, i give you a little secret. Last week, I just pretended to flip a coin because I didn't have one on me. <laughs> that's all right. That's good to know. A little bit bias going on here. Uh, I'll give it to Andre. What do you call heads or tails? Tails. I'll go heads. We got... Heads, ladies and gentlemen. I'm free for free on coin tosses, but also all for free <laughs> on games. And um, every time so far, I've wanted to go. I've wanted Andre to go first for one free and five. So I'm going to change it up. I want to go first for one free and five. All right, Paul. Then you can start us off. What ad is directly center of the field? Oat Canada. Oat Canada. Okay, Andre. Oh, I I think this may not be my game this week. I'm going to go Toyota. All right. So, Paul, you're close, but no Sakaar. It was actually just the CPL. Just a CPL ad right in the middle of the field. You fuck. Is it an ad if it's a CPL game? You slippery Yeah, of course prick. it is. Of course it is. I mean, it's on the boards. Why? why I mean. <laughs> All right. So, question number two, Andre. What color are the flags? Corner flags, sorry, specifically. Yeah. What color is the flag? Oh, whatever flag. Uh, I'm going yellow. And Andre. Oh, sorry, Paul. Red. No, they're black. They're primarily black with the batter logo in the middle. Oh. I'm pretty sure I asked that question before on the podcast as well. I could be wrong, but I think I've asked that same question in the same stadium. Probably got it wrong as well. Punish him if he's wrong. Punish him. <laughs> 
Uh, so the dash marks on the field to separate the boxes. Paul, take us away. How many dashes make up that box? On the field, sorry? I thought it was a dugout. Oh, the dugout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, three. I don't think you understood the question. Andre? <laughs> I, I'm going seven. Because I... I can't even give it to the closest one, man. It's 18. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I was closest. And if you took seven and times it by two. Like, you know when you see the coaches on the field, like, yelling at the players? They're in, like, a little box area. I'm going to have to watch it back and just count 18 or something. It's it's 18 dashes that make that box. It's about the size of the bench, honestly. I believe you. All right, so we got 0-0 zero, zero still. Next question. There was a band t-shirt shown after the first goal. What band was it? I uh, Andre, yeah. yeah, I've never hated you more for this one because like I have absolutely no idea what like legitimately what band. So I wrote Nirvana, just fucking winging it. That's a good guess, though. I went with Fred Hot Chili Peppers. It's against all authority. <laughs> You're against all authority. <laughs> I was saying to Paul earlier, I felt like I had the easiest quiz show here, and we're still sitting at 0-0 pie going into the last question. Um, I'll be very surprised if one of you two get this, though. Um, Matej DeBrine has a cousin in the NHL. Name that cousin. Um, Connor McMatthews Ovechkin Stamkos. <laughs> now, could we, could we get a small cheat? Because it's, it's naming his cousin. Can we get a small cheat and know what team he's on? Uh, oh, come I, on. I was about to say, if I no, no, give you a small let, cheat, Paul gets to go Paul can 100% re-guess, and this is for both of us. If we get to figure out what team he's on, I will okay. 100% let Paul go again. I'll give you his last three NHL teams, from Montreal to Ottawa to St. Louis. Were they... This no, isn't I, 20 questions. No, I, I trying to change the game. See, the more clues you give, the more likely Andre will get it and not me, so... That's where I'm it. Okay. Are you going to try and take another guess, Paul? Honestly, like, outside of the Vancouver Canucks and maybe, like, the big names in the league, I don't really know any players, so I'm going to stick with what I have. Cause I, Connor, Mc, Connor McMatthews of Etchkin Stamkos. Because if it's... If he's at St. Louis now, <clears throat> the only one I know who did that jump is Pekka. It's Pekka. Fucking... I hate everything about this game. <laughs> I am so sorry, Paul. Um... Maybe I gave a little bit too much information there, but <laughs> this way we do not have to use my bonus question, which I was very excited to use, but that's okay. No, no. Let's see. Um, let me be able to go on it. Let's, yeah. Because that would, Ryan, I'm not going to lie. If you only told me he was at St. Louis, I would have never got that. It was the jump, and that's the only reason, because I'm pretty yeah. sure Minnesota was trying to sign him for a bit there. Um, fun fact, though, he's actually um, in the age on now, I believe, so... Um, I mean, he's still under NHL contracts, but I believe he played. Anyways, um, my bonus question, because I was going to do closest to this number, so it's a number question. 
If you add up all starting 11 members on Valor, what does the number come to? Well, I mean, I feel, feel much better knowing this was the bonus question. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first on that. All the numbers on the starting 11 for... Valor. Valor. I'm going to go 84. I'm going to assume there's like an outlier, like someone's number was like 80 or something stupid like that. So I'm going to guess 210. Well, Paul, you would have won. That's the real quiz. That, that's the real quiz. Paul would have won that. It was 179. What the fuck? But that's the bonus. And we already had a winner. So, Andre. <laughs> you give it, whose numbers are there? Uh, there's uh, Pina, who wears 77. Oh, okay. And there's another guy who's pretty high as well. Um, Paul had the right so, idea there. Just going an outlier. I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is just going to be a numbers game. Andre gets to sit at the top for another week with a very cushiony uh, uh, throne. Well, me and Paul beat each other, <laughs> beat the crap out of each other for bottom of the league. Michael, I will beat the crap out of you for that last question. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, I, I know gotta... when you're asking the questions now, it's they're coming for me. I feel anyone who's listening, I feel bad. Paul is only kind of sort of a hockey fan here, and while I'm not a diehard. I'm a diehard for any possible transfers because my team usually sucks every playoff. So I'm always like, sign someone, sign someone, sign someone. So that. So that what Andre hit. is saying is Paul just got conquered. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Paul, you've just been conquered. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> but moving on, honestly, that game, game of the week, two goals there. Uh, my personal opinion right now are I'm I'm hitting for gate like goal of the year. Yet an overhead bicycle kick and a beautiful like scissor kick in a volley. Oh, yeah, it was it was exciting. I mean, any game where you get six goals, you're pretty into it. It's pretty exciting. Um, Fodder again though, just boring as ever. Fodder's boring team again. I've said this before with Jonathan Sirwa being your best player. Nine out of ten, you're probably gonna be boring on the field, and they weren't really into it. If you look at the shots they had, I think they had six shots on goal. That's that's a pretty good numbers. But Carducci did have a good game, but other than that, I felt like this is Calvary. Calvary's really starting to show their dominance in this league. Cavalry are the best team in this league, and I've got no stipulations about saying that. They're just so set everywhere, and they. You know, they scored a lot of goals here from set pieces, but scored a lot of goals lately in set pieces as well. And that's not an accident. You've seen the manner of those goals. There was some there was flick-ons into areas, and that's how they scored against Halifax last week as well. This, this is worked on. This is trained. If you're pulling that off like that many times in a game, this is a well, very well-coached team who know what they're doing. And they're scary. Like, Joe Mason, he'll score you goals for you. Bevan, he'll score goals for you. Pepple. He'll score. Go- he's going to score goals for you. You can take strikers one, in the league. Then someone else so is going to score. Yeah, I mean they have deep, deep, uh, deep, deep bench. Honestly, probably the deepest in the league. Because um, I mean, Mason was injured. No problems. Beaven's going to score. Beaven's now injured. No worries. Pebble's going to score. Even- and then you also have um, Camargo, who's only got his first goal of the season in that game, but he's typically a goal scorer for uh, Calvary. He's got some goals in the past. Not a pretty goal. Honestly, I thought it was very weak on Valor's end. But uh, whatever, it crossed the line, and Calvary's laughing all the way at the top of the table now. Even Calvary, their midfield's not not hesitant to shoot. I mean, Simmons had no. one hell of a shot. They just barely hit like hit the post. That was maybe an inch 
or less from from going square right into that net in the fifth minute like that shot i saw it go and i was like oh where the hell did that even come from went back and watched it a couple of times and like it, it beautiful power beautiful accuracy and there was nothing that keeper could have done about it calvary have a huge rounded powerhouse but valor wasn't put down easily too like they did kind of claw back a little bit but they had a fair amount of shots too so it was a lot of Calvary's success i think in this game came from the keeper just to be able to kind of like command command the back line maybe not necessarily like you know stop everything but he was commanding that back line yeah, very well i've mentioned this before like their upturn in form has been coincided perfectly when carducci got back and the you said like it's organization it's being in the right place in the right time carducci makes a lot of saves that look easy but that's because he's making them look easy by being in the right place the thing with goalkeeping is if you're constantly making spectacular saves then you're probably constantly in the wrong place positionally yeah. like he making goalkeeping look easy is the best thing a goalkeeper can do and the, like winning games starts from defense and like when you're defensively solid like you said, you can have those attacking players go out and have the freedom knowing they're going to be okay in the back. And it just looked unstoppable since Carducci came back into the team. Yeah, and I mean, if people are wondering why we don't talk about Valor, this game, <laughs> maybe not the best example. Uh, I think they were a little bit more energetic, this one. But, I mean, when you land four goals, it's I think it's a pretty good story why we don't talk about Valor. And again, they're only three points over Edmonton now. That's That's got to sting a little bit. Um, I'm wondering if, if that... Because I'm wondering if that win overall was the worst thing to happen to him in terms of their own expectations. Fuck, it could have been. Who knows, honestly. Um, I think one of the one of the best players though on the actual field has been uh, Brett Levi, or I believe it's, they pronounce Brett Levis. Levi's. Levi's. Um, he's probably one of the better players this season, and he's like 29, 30 years old. Like, you want younger guys really making a push. Like, I mean, there is a Keo who's had a really good season, and he's on his way possibly to. Europe and again it's just one of those situations if he goes you have to question what is it with Valor like what do they do how do they fix this because I can't see Jonathan Sirar even coming back next year either I I, I don't want to be too quick on the Saka manager train but I'm thinking I'm thinking there might be some conversations in Valor there about the Santos in charge possible yeah I mean if your players aren't producing and they can we, we saw that in this game two goals really nice if you're not producing that consistently, or especially against the lower teams, you can't judge it when it sends Calvary, when they have such depth. And But if they're not producing this the rest of the week, you're right. It's got to be, well, what's got to change? Manager's got to go, and unfortunately, that's where they're at. I mean, it's just the nature of the league. And it was a great game. I enjoyed watching it. If you can, go back and watch it, because the next game coming up is going to be a, probably a bit harder to watch it. I don't know how often they're going to replay it. We are taking a little bit of a turn on how we're going to do things. And next week, we're talking about the Canadian women's team. They're going to be playing South Korea on Sunday, June 26th. That's going to be the next game of the week and the next penalty quiz out. So make sure you're tuning into One Soccer to watch it because that's where it is going to be streamed live. Just to make sure, if you want, if you're in the Toronto area, grab a ticket. Go out and see it. It is an absolute blast. How often do you get to watch Olympic champions? Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be there, Andre? Oh, I am absolutely going to be there. Absolutely. You're not parents. You're going to track them down. 
<laughs> and punch me for making this game up. Um, they probably deserve it. But it's one of those scenarios where I love watching the women's game. I think it's an absolute blast. Sinclair is, and I do not give a shit what anyone says, the highest scoring football player in international history. And period. still going really strong at 38. Incredible. Yeah. Maybe 39 now, maybe, actually. Yeah, James I mean, it's unbelievable. She's talking about retiring, and she still has it. She's not. Insane. She's not going to retire. She's going to die on that field. Like, she'll Bionic score Christine. a goal in the celebration. She will just, like, die at age 88 and just lay she's down. She's the, uh, the Lady Yarmy Yager. <laughs> it's just, it's incredible. to. I mean, you're going to have, like, an all... It's a friendly, but... They are not treating it like a friendly. You've got Janine Becky coming in. Like, you've got Hatima. They are not, under any circumstances, treating this like a friendly. They are bringing in full guns blazing. And Toronto is going to be just absolutely bumping because they do get out and they do support their women's team. It's very smart to do it where you have that access to other towns. It's not a slag on, you know, Montreal or vancouver but when you have toronto you have so many other cities in and around that's so easily accessed to toronto that women's games like this can actually really get a good turnout so boys i think that is all the time we have for today um we, we, we dragged this one on quite long and i want to thank everyone who actually tuned in and listened to our rants kind of listen to us go on and on about canadian football what's coming up and boys, anything else to add? I'm just glad we brought Michael back from the dead. No problem. <laughs> yeah, Canada will not win. Again by the World Cup, eh? I, I don't plan on being anywhere for the World Cup, so Canada should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't go again, Michael. Unfortunately, you're you're now you're now landlocked to. We're gonna get one of those um, ankle watches, like the yeah. they use for people on parole. Don't worry, my next trip is planned for next month, and we don't play them, so we're. Okay. As long as as long as the effects don't carry over to the next match, it's not accumulative like that. But we'll find out come this Sunday how well we do, and maybe even today with Canada versus the USA in the under twenties. Let's let's hope for a win in that one because they're going to need it. So, from everyone from the SC Thirteen podcast, I want to thank you for spending your time listening to us, listening to the boys rant. Just as like we say here now, and I'm making this a thing. It's like watching football through a microwave. <laughs> Uh, rainy microwave against Honduras <laughs> thanks so much ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next week <laughs>